Hi, this is Felix Chimeranyika, lead pastor of Kairos Christian Center in Lilonga, Malawi. I am happy that you have joined us for the Kairos Lilonga podcast, and I believe God is going to inspire you and break you through into your kingdom destiny as you hear the word unpacked. This is your Kairos moment, God's appointed season for your kingdom breakthrough. The gracious God of the Golden Roof. The gracious God and the golden rule, of the golden rule. Ever since the fall, God has been on a mission to bring his authority in the earth. God created a good world when he created everything on every day that he created anything he would say it is good. On the sixth day, when he created humanity, he said it is very good. And so, in a good world, evil happened because humanity chose to obey Satan as opposed to God. And so the authority of God which was in the earth was transferred to the authority of Satan or to the uh, the domain of Satan. And ever since then, God has chosen a people to bring about his purposes so that his authority can come back into the earth. And so through Abraham and his descendants, the children of Israel, he has sought to bring his salvation into the world. Ultimately, in the person of Jesus Christ, who is King of Kings and Lord of Lords, who is going to bring about his kingdom in the earth. This is where you and I come in. Tell anybody, this is where you and I come in. Don't say it. This is where you and I come in. Hallelujah. Some of you are, no, this is where you and I come in. We are the ones that God has called to represent his kingdom in the earth. In fact, to take this kingdom to the ends of the world, to take the good news of his kingdom to the ends of the world, so that Jesus can come back again. And he has called us to be representatives of his kingdom of justice, kingdom of mercy, kingdom of love, that is without corruption that is full of justice and he calls us his salt and light the light of the world the salt of the earth and so then in a country like Malawi where 80 something percent of the population say that they are Christians we should expect then that there will be less corruption there will be more justice but that is not the case and here is why 
And Many of us are Christians. And we are Christians. But we are not disciples. Of Jesus. Because if we're disciples of Jesus, we will do what Jesus says. And we will have changed Malawi. And this passage reminds us that God's forgiveness requires us to live grace-filled lives. Amen. God's forgiveness requires us to live grace-filled lives. And from such grace-filled lives, we would have an impact on the society and so what is this grace-filled life about? How, how do we live this grace-filled life? Number one, be humble. Be humble. Verse number one. Judge not that you be not judged. For with the judgment you pronounce, you will be judged. And with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. So, judge not so that you will not be judged. In other words, your actions that you're doing right now, you are going to be accountable for on another day. What day is that one? Well, it's the day the king comes, judgment day. We are going to be judged. Listen, if there is a creator who created you, then you are accountable to the creator. If there is a creator who created you and created you with a particular design, there is a purpose to your design, he will ask you to give an account if you fulfill your purpose. For his you see, a lot of people solve this problem by just saying there is no God. Oh, there is no God. Because you see, if there is no God, there is nobody to be accountable to. Right? No, but there is God. And the very same way we deal with others is the same way he's going to deal with us. The same measure we use for others is the same measure he will use against us. And watch this. Here the issue is that you don't judge others using false standards that you are not even keeping yourself. Watch verse number three, what it says. Why do you see the speck that is in your brother's eye? But do not notice the log that is in your own eye. Or how can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye. When there is the log in your own eye. So watch again. Here's this person who can see the, the, the speck in somebody's eye. And they have a log in their own eye. In the first place, 
If this person has a log in their own eye, can they even see anything? That they can say, oh, you have a log in your own eye. Oh, you have a log in your eye. That's why he sees the log in the other person's eye as a speck. Could it be that it's because he's got a big log himself? And so he says, You hypocrites. Five. First take the log out of your own eye. Then you will see clearly to take the speck out of your brother's eye. He says, listen, here's what you should do. Take the log out of your eye. That's when you can help take the speck out of somebody's eye. Now, I want you to watch this. Jesus is saying, or he's not saying, don't judge He's not saying don't judge. He's saying don't judge unjustly. Don't just don't judge hypocritically. No. Don't use false standards. Don't think that you're okay. And everybody else is bad. Understand your state. You have a log in your own eye that needs to be fixed before you can start helping others. Hallelujah. Don't we just love that? To point at other people's problems. And we make our problems like they are not big problems. Don't we just love to see, sometimes love to see other people fail? Because somehow in our small mindedness, when others fail, it makes us to somehow succeed, even though we haven't even tried it. So a lot of people we're talking about that hard talk BBC interview with you know, Dr. Saulus Chirima. Oh, oh, there were all sorts of comments. If we were to put you on that hot seat, in so you would answer eloquently? But you see, when somebody is doing something, some of us have this thing that says, no, you can't do it, or you can't do it as well as that. Jesus says, be humble. Be humble. Be humble. Check the log in your own eye. Before you start saying, take the log in that other person's eye. And isn't that what we see on social media today? On Facebook. So somebody writes something. And all sorts of people start answering. Or even soccer. Eh? The Monday coaches, they call them. Monday coaches. So tomorrow you hear everything that went wrong with the Manchester day or the other and somehow we think 
presume to be the judge. Don't presume that, okay, I have the highest standard, you have the lawyer, the standard. Because the standard you're using, God is going to use that standard Number one, be humble. To live a graceful life, be humble. Number two, to live a grace-filled life. Be discerning. Says, do not give dogs what is holy. And do not throw your pearls before pigs. Lest they trample them underfoot. And turn to attack you. Now a dog is a defiled animal. Because a dog will scavenge, will eat rotten things. And so, He's saying here, uh, do not give dogs what is holy. And he says, don't throw your pearls before pigs. Pearls, precious things. Don't throw, don't throw your pearls to Go before pigs. Oh, pigs just love the mud, isn't it? Pigs are dirty, right? And so you throw your pearls. You throw your expensive things to them. He says, here's what's going to happen. Lest they trample them underfoot. So trample the pearls. And then turn to attack you. Now you will have thought, I'm throwing this to the, to, to the, the pigs. And the pigs should appreciate this. No, no, no. They don't appreciate that. They trample it under their feet. And then they feel offended by you. And they attack to you. See, you and I need to learn to be discerning. Not everybody can understand what God has called you to. Not everybody can understand even your vision. Not everybody can understand the thing that you drink. Some will not understand. Here's what Proverbs says in Proverbs chapter number 9. Chapter 9, verse 7 and 8. It says, whoever corrects a scoffer gets himself abuse, and he who repro reproves a wicked man incurs injury. Chapter 9, verse number 7. Verse number 8, do not reprove a scoffer or he will hate you. Reprove a wise man 
and he will love you. Interesting, isn't it? You tell some people, listen, this is not the man for you. This man, one, two, three, four, five. One, two, three, four, Those five. things are wrong indicators. Don't get into this thing. And then you tell them that. You think you are helping them. Ah. Ah, you see, they insult, they harlot you. And the things they say about you. And yet, some time down the road, you have vindicated that what you're saying is right. And so you tell somebody, listen. This is not the best career path for you. What you should be doing right now is A, B, C, D. Oh no, you, you just don't care for me. You're just jealous what I'm going to do. And then down the road, they come back and say, but you know, I, I missed it. And so Jesus is saying, don't throw your wisdom before dogs. They won't appreciate it. See, here's, I think, part of the problem. And it's a worldwide problem. I don't think it's just in Malawi. See, we, we have a problem of absent fathers. And fathers are authorities. And so because many of us have not had fathers and we meet fathers later on, authorities later on in life, when authority is doing as authority does, we think authority is oppressive to us. Do you know to love authority is to obey authority? Hallelujah. If you love me, you will. No, not Abusa. Jesus. If you love me, Jesus says you will obey my commandments. Isn't it? What do you do with authority? How do you? Transact with authority. You transact with authority by obedience. But those that have not had authority in their lives or have had bad authorities in their lives, they have a hard time listening to authority. And so at times you find yourself you are giving perfect advice to somebody, but they will throw it out. Jesus is saying, wait, man. Yes, Don't throw your pearls before pigs. Don't waste your time with some of, with, with, with some of these people. Because they won't even listen to you. See, here's what a lot of us need to learn. To get to the next level, you need people on the next level. And the people on that next level, they are people that are of a higher authority than you. And so if you have a bad attitude towards people on the next level, if you can't handle authority in your life, you will never get to that level. Because that level it will take somebody on that level to take you to that level. See, a lot of us, we think it's only what we know. 
It's only what we know. It's only what we know. We think it's only what we know. No. It's also who you know. You see, for some of you, it's going to take somebody on the next level to introduce you people on the next level that will give you that contract, that will give you that job. But this person on this next level only opens up to you when they realize I'm not throwing my pearls to swine. I'm not throwing the holy things to God. I mean to dogs. But this is somebody I know listens and when they get to that level they're not going to embarrass me. Do you know some people do you know some people you will not recommend them for a job even though you have somebody that says I'm looking for such, such people for a job. Because, because you know when they get on that level they're going to mess it up. And they'll mess up your name too. Because people will start saying the people you recommend for us are useless people. And so you also will be taken as you're useless. Listen, your attitude your attitude determines your altitude. Amen. Your attitude will determine your altitude. If you have a lousy attitude, the person up here oh, will not feel anything to help you move on up. They will leave you there. Because you are always obstinate. Because you are stubborn all the time. You see, for some of us, We've closed our doors ourselves. Amen. Amen. Ask your neighbor, did, have you closed your doors Nibale. yourself? See, because of attitude, nobody wants to touch you. Because of attitude, nobody wants to do anything with you. Be because they feel like, no, 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 that guy, psh, forget it. So Jesus is saying, be discerning. Be discerning with people. Be discerning with people. How do you live a grace-filled life? Be humble. Number two, be discerning. And then number three, be prayerful. Watch what he says in verse number seven. Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. And the one who seeks finds. And the one who knocks it will be opened. What's he talking about? Jesus is talking about prayer. Yes, and he has spoken about prayer in the previous uh, chapter too. He has given us the disciples' prayer. What a lot of people call the Lord's prayer. And when you read Luke chapter number 11, after the Lord's prayer, 
Which comes because the disciples of Jesus have asked Jesus to teach them how to pray. After the Lord's Prayer comes the parable of the friend that comes at midnight. And then after that is this saying now ask and it will be given to you seek and you will find and it will be open to you so in Luke it comes very much in the context of prayer and so here again Jesus is speaking about prayer in fact, the truth of the matter is the thing that makes a disciple a disciple is prayer. Because it's in prayer where we have a relationship with God. You see, Christianity is about a relationship with God. What kind of relationship do you have with somebody? If you don't take the time to talk to that person. In prayer we're talking to God. In prayer we're having a relationship with God. And so again here Jesus stresses this. That ask. And it will be given to you. In fact the word ask. Is in the continuous case. Keep asking. And it will be given to you. Keep asking, it will be given to you. And then what happens if, if it's not given to you? He says, keep seeking. And, and you will find. See, a lot of people, they stop at the first time they asked. Or the second time they asked. Or the third time they asked. Or Jesus is saying here, keep asking. Can't you just give me? Can't you just give me when I first ask you? You fool. You fool. We haven't come to stupid here. We haven't come to see this is fool. You fool. Don't you know there's a devil? The one who wants to stop the purposes of God. The one who wants to stop your purposes. The one who wants to stop your destiny. It's not just you God. There is Satan in between there. Daniel was praying for 21 days, fasting and praying. And he, he wanted revelation from God. On the 21st day, an angel shows up. Everybody runs away because their sight is so terrified. And Daniel, his knees are shaking and can't stand. And then wants to worship this angel. He says, listen, don't worship me. I'm a messenger sent by God. Just like you. And then he says, listen, the day you started praying, the day you started fasting, I had your answer, I was sent here with your answer. But the prince of Persia withheld me so that I was not able to give you your answer until 
Michael the archangel came. And released me so I can have you answer. Friend, it's not automatic. Tell you about the answer is not automatic. Oh, but pastor, it's not working. It's not automatic. Oh, but you know, I've, I've been thinking about this. You start asking. Start seeking. Seeking is looking. Looking, 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 looking. looking. You have changed gears by that time. So you are seeking, you still can't find it. Oh, you knock on that door. You knock on that door. You shift gears again. You start fasting and praying. Shame on you, some of you. Some of you have never even fasted for anything. You think you get anything. You honestly think you get anything. Some of these things don't move, my friend. Except by much prayer and fasting. Uh, they don't move. You will st get stuck there. You will get stuck there. You will get stuck there. If you don't shift gears, you will get stuck there. Stuck. 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 Oh, but you know, every time, every time, every time I fast, I have a headache. Fool, that's the whole idea. You are denying your body. You are denying your body. You are taking things to the next level. I tell you this God is expecting people to ask. Expecting people to seek. To knock on the door. And here's the assurance. For everyone who asks, receives. Everyone. Not someone. Everyone who asks receives. Everyone who seeks finds. Mm. Everyone is everyone. In the Greek is everyone. In Chichewa it's everyone. In Chirome it's everyone. In Twana it's everyone. Everyone, everyone. <laughs> Ask your neighbor, why are you still stuck? <laughs> Ask him, why are you still stuck? Amen. <laughs> why are you still stuck? <laughs> Everyone who asks receives. Everyone who seeks finds. Everyone who knocks the doors open. You are fighting a level 3 demon with level 1. <laughs> Level 3 and you're using level 1. Level Do you know cars today? These new, new cars. They do what they call diagnostics, computer diagnostics. They take them to a place. Where I think they say the thing, the car's got like a computer box or something. They connect it there. To a computer, then they, they, when they started, and then they can tell, okay, 
That is a problem, that is a problem, that is a problem. It will take your mechanic four days to figure out what's a problem. But with that machine, Ah, in a matter of minutes, seconds, problem. Oh, this is a problem. Oh, replace that, replace that. What method are you using? Still the same method. Listen, it's not working. Tell your neighbor, it's not working. Can you shift gears right now? It's not working. Okay, okay. Amen. Shift gears. It's not working. It's not working. I mean, how long will you stay in that place? Do you know people get tired? People get tired. People come at a point of saying, but you came yesterday. The other week you came. The other month you came. The other year you came. Same problem. No, 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 no. I'm sorry I can't help you. I have problems of my own. Shift gears. It's time to shift gears. Time to shift gears. Time to shift gears. And so he says, Oh, which one of you, if his son asks him for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a serpent? If you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your father in heaven Give good things to those who ask him. He says, when, you, when your child comes to you, I want bread. You don't say, take that stone and eat. Uh, oh, but uh, I, I, want, I want fish. And then you go and grab a snake here. To them. Uh, he says, if you, who is evil, you know you're evil, eh? <laughs> Amen. If, if and when we do good things, we do them for the bad reasons. I should take care of my son and give him a good education so that when I grow old, he can take care of me. Why can't you just take care of your son? Why can't you just give your, your son a good education? Hmm? So even your best motive is evil. <laughs> even your best motive is evil. So you evil you. When your child says, okay, I want bread. You don't pick a brick of, of stone and say, here. Now how much more are your father in heaven? How much more God in heaven will he not give you good things? You see, right there, right there, is where a lot of us don't understand God. God is good. 
And God wants to give us good things. Oh, you mean God is going to give me everything I want? No. Everything you need, God is going to give you. See, that's why it's very important for you to know what do I need? What do I need to do what God has called me to do? Because Jesus has told them in Matthew 6, Seek ye first the kingdom of God, and his righteousness and all these things will be added unto you. What are all the things they want? Their needs. Let's take it to the next level. Your needs are the things you need to fulfill God's purpose in the earth. Let me say it again. Your needs are the things that you need to fulfill God's purpose in the earth. Now, if you are thinking, all I need is just transport money. And that's what you think you need. Your provision will be equal to your need. Provision. Provision. For vision. So, provision is for the vision. And so, if your vision is small, your provision is small. If your vision is big, your provision is big. If your, pro if your vision is big, if your vision is big, then you need great provision. That's why for some people, their provision is 2,000 kwacha. Because their vision is a 2,000 kwacha vision. Hallelujah. All I want Jesus. Just give me enough money to get the church and back. That's all I want. That's all I want. What is your vision? No, just to go to church and back. Yes. It will be done to you according to your vision. Oh Lord, I want to buy that bank. And so I need, I need, I need 20 billion kwacha for that bank. You know you're calling upon my life. That you have called me to fund your kingdom. You have called me to fund your kingdom. You have called me. You have called me to fund your vision. And so I need 20 billion kwacha to buy that bank. God gives. Because that's what that person needs to fulfill God's destiny upon your life. What is God's destiny upon your life? What vision do you have for God? What is it you want to achieve in the earth? Do you know the reason for your existence? Do you know what you need to do, what God has called you to do? At the point that you understand that, that's the point you're coming into God's provision. Hallelujah. Amen. I cannot get to Dallas 
Aiwa wasanga kafika kutalas ku America ndi 2000. I cannot get to Dallas in 2000. Sanga kafika kutalas ku America. I need about 1800 dollars to get to Dallas. Amafunika ndi tu ndalama sa ku America 1800. And if God has sent me, God will provide for it. Ibonga ndi mulungu adumiza, mulungu apeleka zofunikira. If I make my vision small, all I want is just around here in Lilongwe. He's going to give me according to Lilongwe. Ask your neighbor, how big is your vision? Some of you are asking, I don't know whether it's disbelief. It's like, how, how big is your vision? How big is your vision? If I tell them, make your vision big. Make your vision big. Make your vision big. Tell them, make your vision big. Jabez. Jabez is the person in the Bible. He says his name is Jabez because his mother bore him in pain. But we're told that he's more honorable than he was more honorable than all his brothers. Yes, he was more wealthy than all his brothers. And he says he prayed to God. God make me not cause pain. Listen, you have to pray for the enlargement of your territory. It doesn't come automatic. Nobody is lucky, come on. I know those ones are lucky, you are lying. They work hard. They work hard. No, they are lucky. Can't you see, oh, you know, they come from a different, uh, good family. No. They were suffering just like you. In fact, when you compare your parents and their parents, your parents were better to do than their parents. And yes, here they are right now at the top of the ladder up there and it's because it's not because they are lucky because they said I enlarge my territory I'm going to work hard at school I'll work hard at my business I'll be the best at this thing and doors open everybody that asks receives. Everybody that seeks finds. Everybody that knocks the door opens. And your father is good. Your father in heaven is very good. That when you ask him good things, he's going to give you. Here's a little difference that Luke has on this passage. He says, how much more your father in heaven? Will, how much more will he not give you the Holy Spirit when you ask him? In other words, Luke is, say, is saying, it's the Holy Spirit to be empowered by the Holy Spirit. Friend, listen, in the, in the Acts of the 
of the apostles. When people got saved, the next thing that happened, they were filled or baptized in the Holy Spirit. Normal procedure. You get born again, then you must be filled with the Holy Spirit. For empowerment. And so Jesus told his disciples, don't leave Jerusalem until you are clothed with power from on high. Says you indeed, indeed you heard John the baptizer. That he baptized in, in water. But you'll be baptized in the Holy Spirit. Not many days from now. And then he said, you shall receive power. And the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you will be my witnesses. In Jerusalem. Judea. Samaria. And to the ends of the world. How? When you are filled with the Holy Spirit. I tell you this power of prayer. At the heart of it is the power of the Holy Spirit. For you to move into your destiny. To do what God has called you to do. See God promotes you. And puts you at a place of influence. So that you can influence for the kingdom of God. That promotion to be the boss in your, in your company. Is not just about you being boss. It's about kingdom influence. And for you to do that, to do what God has called you to do, you need the power of the Holy Ghost. You need to be a praying person. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Please, may you learn to connect. Sunday, Sunday to Monday. Because many of us don't connect Sunday to Monday. We just come here so that we can feel good that we went to church. But we don't understand that which is happening here you are to take it into Monday. You are to start praying according to that which you are hearing here and start claiming the things that God has promised you in the destiny that he has for you. And then you see God coming into your business. God coming into your career. Doors opening that no man can shut. Doors opening that only God opened. Because you are prayerful. Because you are prayerful. How do we live graceful lives? We should be humble. We should be discerning. We should be prayerful. And finally, we should be loving. Watch what he says in verse number 12. So whatever you wish that others would do to you, do also to them. For this is the law and the prophets. So watch what Jesus is saying. By saying that this is the law and the prophets, he's basically saying it's a summary of the whole of the Old Testament. Elsewhere, Jesus is asked 
Matthew chapter number 22. What is the greatest commandment? Love the Lord your God with all your heart. And with all your strength. And then he says, and the second one is is as important as the first one. Love your neighbor as yourself. And then Jesus said, on these two, is the whole law. And here again he's saying it. He's saying it. About loving others. It's called the golden rule. That's what they call it. Do unto others as you would like them do unto you. Do you know many of us? In most cultures, it's don't do unto others that which you don't want them to do to you. Maybe it's the bronze rule, I don't know. So don't do to them what you will not want to be done to you. And, and it's a, it's a, I don't know, it's the, the motive for many of us going to funerals. I should go to the funeral because if I don't go to the funeral they will not come to my funeral or the funeral at my family. So don't, don't do bad things to them so that they don't do bad things to you. I mean, this is motivated by fear, isn't it? It's motivated by fear. I'm scared you do something bad to me. And so I'll make sure that I do something good to you so you don't do something bad to me. Church, we don't operate like that. We operate on the love side. What you want other people to do to you. What you want to be done to you is what you should do to other people. Would you like somebody to tell you you look good today? I mean, would that be nice? Would it be good if, would you like it if somebody said, well, that's, that's a very insightful comment you have made. But you see, what you sow is what you reap. And so if you do not say that, you cannot reap that. Jesus is saying, Yes, when we live our lives, let's live lives that are loving towards others. In other words, we don't do things from fear that we're fearing that they'll do such such a thing. And so therefore, I should, I should do this thing so that they don't do that evil thing to me. Let's send to 1 John chapter where John actually fleshes out this whole Christian ideal of love. See, the thing about Christianity is love. 
For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son so that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. At the core of Christianity is love. It's not power. It's not power. It's not money. It's not all these things. Mm-hmm. It's love. Watch what John says. First John chapter number four, verse number seven. Beloved, let us love one another. For love is from God. And whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. Anyone who does not love does not know God. Because God is love. In this, the love of God was made manifest among us. That God sent his only son into the world. So, so that we might live through him. And this is love. Not that we have loved God. But that he loved us and and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God. If we love one another, God abides in us and his love is perfected in us. By this we know that we abide in him and he in us. Because he has given us his spirit and we have seen and testified that the Father has sent His Son to be the Savior of the world. 14. Whoever confesses that Jesus is the Son of God, God abides in Him and He in God. So we have come to know and to believe the love that God has for us. God is love. And whoever abides in love abides in God. And God abides in him. By this is love perfected with us. So that we may have confidence for the day of judgment. Because as he is, as he is so also are we in the world. There is no fear in love. But perfect love casts out fear. For fear has to do with punishment. And whoever fears has not been perfected in love. We love because he first loved us. If anyone says I love God. 
and hates his brother. He is a liar. For he who does not love his brother, whom he has not seen, whom he has seen, cannot love God whom he has not seen. And this commandment we have from him, whoever loves God must also love his brother. See, that's what we're called to. We are called to love our brother. The world tells us, no, you're supposed to be powerful. You're supposed to be powerful. You're supposed to look expensive. You look powerful. Let people know that things are working out for you. When it comes to our gracious God of the golden rule, he reminds us we're supposed to be humble people. We're supposed to be people that are prayerful. People that are loving. People that represent him in the earth. And so I want to challenge you today. Let's go by our constitution, the word of God. Let's be shaped by this word and not by the surrounding world around us. Because only then can we be sold in life. Amen. Let's stand up on Thank you for listening to the Kairos Lolongwe podcast. I trust you've been blessed. Please do us a favor and share this podcast with friends on Facebook, Twitter, WhatsApp, and whatever social media you're on. May the Lord break you through into your kingdom destiny. Blessings.